So welcome back to the Highlander News Podcast. Joining me today, we have a special one, might be the get of the year, Fairfax County School Board Member at Large and now candidate for Fairfax County Chairman, Mr. Ryan McElveen. Pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, Nick. How are you? Glad to be here. I'm, I'm good, thanks. I just want to say, I don't think it's a coincidence that the day you come on the show, we have some of our first random snow showers of the year this afternoon, uh, which actually kind of perfectly leads me into my first question. Uh, what's the decision making? How are snow days decided? I know that's something a lot of uh, FCPS students wonder. Are you just the board member with the biggest Twitter following so you can get that information out to a lot of students? Are you a big part of the decision? How does that work? Well, let me take you back, I guess, 20 years or so to when I was in school. Um, One of the things I was most frustrated about when I was a student is that it took so long for information to get out, especially about important things like snow days. Um, Back in the day, we had to watch Red Apple 21 on TV, uh, watch the scroll on the bottom to see whether we would have um, school uh, or not. And so we would be glued to our TVs at home. Um, And, you know, you guys these days are in a similar situation where you're glued to your your Twitter feeds. Um, But I think that's a good thing because um, it gets information out so much, so much quicker. And as a board member, that's what I've tried to do. over my tenure, and I, I think I've succeeded um, not only in getting information out, but pushing the district to get information out on all different platforms much more quicker than it used to. Uh, in terms of the process, it's actually uh, far more um, in-depth than you might expect. Uh, some people think, oh, you walk outside and, and see, oh, it's snowing, so we aren't going to have school. Uh, but it's certainly far more in-depth than that. So we have a um, Uh, assistant superintendent of uh, facilities and transportation who oversees the process and he um, sits on calls with the Washington Council of Governments with the National Weather Service Uh, and we actually have a a staff that goes out and drives all of the bus routes in the district and looks at all the sidewalks before coming to a comprehensive conclusion about what's going to happen and so all that information is fed into that one person um, he uh, gives his uh, best recommendation uh, to the superintendent school board, and then um, at that point, the decision is made, and um, I uh, try to get in the information out as quickly as possible. So uh, what a lot of people might not know is that, like you were saying, you're an FCPS alumni. Uh, you went to Marshall, graduated in 2004. What was Ryan McElveen like back then? Uh, what sports did you play? What clubs were you a part of? Uh, So uh, back in the day when I was at Marshall, I graduated in 2004 as class president, and I um, graduated with an um, international baccalaureate diploma. Um, So in that sense, I was was very academic and studious, um, but also I tried to push the envelope um, in in terms of student advocacy. And so um, one of the things I'm most proud of in my entire life is that I led an effort to get um, stall doors put back in the boys' bathrooms. Uh, And this is something today that sounds so um, strange. um, We had gone through a period, which I'm kind of worried we're going back into these days with juuling, but we'd come out of this period where um, uh, administrators were concerned about kids going to the bathroom to do drugs. And so 
the solution they came up with was just to strip off all the doors from the stalls. So obviously that was a huge student privacy issue. And so um, I led a petition campaign um, to get the doors back on uh, in the boys' stalls, and we, we, we were successful. Um, so I'm very proud about that. But I will say that um, I am worried about, the, about jeweling and what, um, how that's affecting the school environment and um, I'm, I'm worried that more and more, more of our kids are um, getting addicted to drugs and that they're, they're doing it very bracingly in school. So um, it's certainly not something I encourage and we don't want the stall doors to come off again. Do you think uh, with, with this kind of jewel climate we've been in, I know uh, here at McLean we actually uh, had a pretty big problem about it. One of our cover stories for the Highlander last year was uh, was about kind of this jeweling epidemic uh, in Fairfax County and schools all across the country. Uh, do you think, what, what would be the next step uh, as a school board, as a, as a district, uh, to try and combat that? Because I know we've had uh, a big focus on awareness uh, with parents at uh, PTA meetings, stuff like that, but what, what do you think would be the next step? Well, so it's interesting if you look at the statistics. So um, for, for all of last school year, we had about 50 incidents that required um, uh, follow-up um, when it came to jeweling. This year, and we, we're only halfway through the school year, we've already had 800 incidents. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of that, those are um, uh, the same people doing it multiple times, but um, it's a major concern. And so... Um, what the solutions are, um, I think it's uh, a lot of it has to do with education, you know, and um, making making sure all of our students know that these that jeweling does have health ramifications and um, it will uh, hurt you later in life. So it's certainly um, one of the things I will hope to push for uh, in my remaining time on the school board. So uh, talking about uh, the initiatives you've uh, done. As a member of the school board, when you first joined in 2012, what got you there? What got you interested in, in politics and, and specifically a school board? What empowered you to run for a seat? So when I ran in 2011, I uh, was 20, 24 years old. I was just out of grad school. Um, and I knew I wanted to move back to this area and I wanted to get involved um, in the community. And like any 24 year old I decided to run for school board and um, it was a, a, a very steep learning curve because mm-hmm. you had to first do the party element of it in order to get uh, in order to have any chance of winning an office in Fairfax County you have to have some sort of party endorsement um, otherwise it's very hard to get your name out and so um, I ran for um, an endorsement contest in the Democratic Party I, um, in the initial contest, I actually lost, um, but um, lo and behold, a couple months later, one of the candidates had to withdraw, and so I ran again, and I was successful that time, and so um, that is how I got on the ticket and um, uh, eventually won uh, countywide in that race, and so a lot of that was just, you know, handshaking, getting to know people who are a lot older than me. And um, I remain a very strong advocate for, for young people to get involved in politics. Uh, but um, moving on from there, uh, you know, one of the things that I was always passionate about as a student that I really couldn't do much about was um, school food. And so that throughout my whole career has been um, probably my top issue. And um, we've been able to move the needle very far. Um, we're now at a place where we're able to have salad bars in just about every school in the county. We have 
um, barbecue pits at many schools. We have um, just a lot of more healthy and fresh options for kids. And so um, I view that as, as a big success. There's always more work we can do, but um, that's been a, a big thing I've been passionate about. So like you were just saying, you've really been at the forefront of a lot of progressive issues, uh, specifically in regards to students. Uh, One of the big things I can recall is the changes to the dress code. The reason I feel like so many young people are disinterested in politics is because they feel like they aren't being heard. So why do you think you've been so good at keeping your finger on the pulse of FCPS students? Well, um, Nick, I think it's because I, I actually read what people send me. And, and you know, I'm, um, I'm engaged with, with students on, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on Instagram. And, you know, they, they just feel more comfortable sharing things with you there. And so um, I've really um, developed a relationship with lots of students and um, been able to hear their concerns far more deeply than anyone else has before. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm really... Um, I'm really happy that I've been able to bring to the school board. On the dress code issue, you know, it's it's incredible that we're now in 2018 and that school districts around the nation still have um, dress codes that are very, very sexist, you know, and, and this is after uh, Title IX. We're now celebrating, what, mm-hmm. 40, 40 years of, of Title IX in education. And so... Um, it's really just a common sense thing. And so, you know, last year, um, as part of our SR&R review, um, I was looking at this thing and I was like, you know, I, I hear from girls all the time that they feel um, stigma, uh, stigmatized. They feel often um, as if people are um, shaming them in public, whether it's staff or, you know, um, administrators. And so um, this was just, a you know, a quality of life thing that we could really um, – change fairly quickly. And um, I'm happy to say that um, not only did we make those changes, but following on that, I've had a lot of, um, of pr- particularly girls, uh, f- um, reach out to me to say that um, they've been able to, to argue back when, when they have been shamed publicly mm-hmm. and they've been able to make sure the school environment is, is better for others. Um, one incident was where a uh, student had gone off to governor's school, I think, in the summer, and the governor's school had a dress code and that student presented the, the Fairfax County dress code to them, and they, they were able to change the governor's school dress code based on ours. So it's those kind of anecdotes that really um, make it feel like you're, you're doing something um, important. Obviously, you guys had the meeting yesterday. You've heard these statistics a thousand times. Uh, but just for example, McLean, where we are right now, is currently at 114% capacity, and it's projected to go up to 127% capacity by 2022. So what are some of the steps the school board uh, is currently taking to address this? Right. So, you know, I think um, uh, to me it's shocking to hear that McLean is the most overcrowded school in the county because, uh, y- you know, you just don't think of, of that being the case. Right. Um, but uh, that is fact. Uh, and one of the things we're going to, to do is um, there's probably going to be amendment to our capital improvement program that, that comes forward that um, starts a, a process for looking at re- rezoning at least part of uh, McLean into to the Lang- Langley boundary, which is declining in attendance. So um, that's something that could be coming. What is also being talked about, which is uh, even less politically appetizing, uh, is a countywide uh uh, boundary study, which would mean moving boundaries for every school in the county. 
And, um, you know, when people buy their homes, they, they know they're slated to go to a certain school. So that's a very emotional issue for many people. Mm-hmm. But in Fairfax County, we're getting to a tipping point where there's just such, such disparity in terms of crowding at, at, at various schools that something needs to be done um, fa- fairly, fairly drastically. So um, I see that coming down the road. Uh, and, you know, it, McLean is certainly one of the schools that we are um, looking at um, alleviating the most. Uh, another big uh, concern that a lot of people around here have is teacher pay. Uh, you know, the meals tax plan two years ago seemed like a good first step to resolve that issue. But as we both know, unfortunately, it didn't pass. So is there anything that the school board is looking at now, uh, since we don't have that meals tax, to try to keep uh, the great teachers we have in this district in this district and raise their compensation. So uh, the the issue of teacher compensation has been at the front is always at the front of our minds. Uh, but over the past uh, three years, and including this budget year, um, we will be investing a uh, very significant amount of money in teacher salaries to bring our teacher bring the salaries up to market rate. And when I say significant amount, we're looking at 50 to 60 million each year mm-hmm. uh, put specifically to that. And when you look at the, the graph that, t- that shows teacher pay, what we originally saw is that there is a, um, a lagging in mid- for mid-career teachers. And so um, those teachers that are in their mid-career have seen the biggest uh, boost in, in salary over the past few years. But of course, all of our teachers have as well. Um, but... I think this will be a, a good budget year. I think we will be able to bring our teacher uh, compensation to market rate. Um, of course, that's that's never enough, but right. we will we will keep pushing. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I got to ask about the famous, uh, or I should say, infamous uh, hashtag close FCPS uh, from 2015. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, I was in middle school and I went to a private middle school in the area, so I, I wasn't a part of Fairfax County Public Schools yet. But I remember hearing that students from the county got hashtag close FCPS trending on Twitter nationwide. And the story was getting picked up by newspapers and news stations everywhere. Uh, So what actually happened with all that? Well, you know, I believe this week is the fourth anniversary of that fateful day when um, the hashtag close FCPS uh, went trended worldwide, number two worldwide. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Um, I guess the story behind that was um, when we have to make our decision, which is um, before our buses hit the road. Mm-hmm. So in, in the morning, we have to make a decision by um, 4.30 at the latest, and obviously then it gets pushed out. But um, that morning, we had made our decision at 4.30, and by the time it got to about 6.45 or so, um, we realized we had made the wrong decision. And so... Um, at that point, it was too late to turn back the buses. Right. So, mm-hmm. and and we so we ended up having, you know, people on out on dangerous roads. We had, um, uh, you know, kids in empty classrooms <laughs> around the county. Um, it was just a, a bad experience, and so we had to get people home as quickly as we could. Uh, but I would say that we learned from that incident. Um, all of you will recall the incident earlier this year, in, back in November when we had snow. And it got to, we, we were on a two-hour um, delay, and it got to be about 8 a.m., and the roads were, were covered in snow. Mm-hmm. And we made the decision at about 7.58 
um, that morning to turn the buses that were already out back. And so I think we saved a lot of people hardship that day <clears throat> by making sure they weren't out on the roads. Of course, we had some that were already out, but we were able to turn back things uh, quickly enough. It's really interesting because if you ask any uh, Fairfax County public school student, your name has become very synonymous uh, with snow days. Uh, did you expect to become this kind of personality on Twitter? The students love you. You have uh, over 300,000 followers on Twitter, which, uh, just by the way, is uh, more than double Governor Ralph Northam, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. You've had memes made of you. Uh, your Twitter cover photo is your face photoshopped on Elsa from Frozen. I, I can't say that's the life of an average uh, school board member. So did you, did you see this coming? I did not see this coming. Um, so back, it was it was December, I believe December 9th, 2013. I tweeted out a very, you know, simple tweet saying that our school board work session was going to be canceled the following day because we were going to have a snow day. But I didn't realize that the system-wide message hadn't gone out yet. So <laughs> I beat the system by about 30 minutes. And some entre- entrepreneurial kids at TJ who were, uh, who were searching Twitter wildly for, for information about snow days, um, came across my tweet, and they were the ones that essentially pushed it out countywide. And um, I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, in Fairfax County, we are a family. We're yeah. very, very closely knit. Once one thing gets out, everyone knows. And um, that's how um, that that's how the star was born. Yeah. Were, were you quick to embrace it, or did it take a little bit of time getting used to uh, I, at first, it was very, very weird. I had never had my, um, <laughs> anyone really retweet me for anything. But um, once it happened, it was pretty cool. I played along with it, and um, it grew uh, into a life of itself, and it's um, been quite a ride. Uh, so we actually had some of the members of our staff go through some of your Twitter mentions and compile some of the funniest uh, Ryan McElveen tweets we, we could find. And we'd like to share them with you and get a quick take from you if, if that's all right. Uh, so the first one we have here is from at SidKid17. Uh, and he says, Snow is all fun and games until you are no longer enrolled in FCPS and you have real responsibilities and everything is 10 times harder and there is no Ryan McElveen to save you. It's a very sweet one. <laughs> this one is from at dat underscore do, do JW. Uh, the year is 2015. It's winter in Fairfax, Virginia. It's been snowing all day. You hop on Twitter, scrolling up and down your timeline, hoping to see a tweet from the bald man Ryan McElveen, while simultaneously trying to think of a funny close FCPS tweet. The waiting game begins. Yeah, I, you know, I worry how much student, how much time students spend on uh, making uh, making memes. <laughs> they should be enjoying their snow day, not not memeing. This one is from at Sir Irvine. He says, "I wish Prince William County had a Ryan McElveen." Yeah, I think every county wishes they had a Ryan McElveen. <laughs> and then uh, the last one we have here is from at Sam underscore Oatmeal. If we get a snow day, I swear on my life that I will plant a kiss right smack on top of Ryan McElveen's head. I have had quite a few kisses on my head. Quite a few people come rub my head for good luck. Uh, and just want to say that I do wash my head every day uh, and I um, do try to moisturize as much as possible. <laughs> well, so the main reason that you're here uh, is because on January 5th via your Twitter, you announced, uh, I'm quoting you here, each winter morning I've been there for you to see if the day brought snow. I hope you'll be with me today as I launch my, launch my campaign for Fairfax County Chairman. It's time for new progressive leadership in Fairfax County. 
So first off, maybe some of our listeners are unfamiliar with the position. What is the Fairfax County Chairman and what does that job entail? So Fairfax County Chairman is essentially the the mayor of Fairfax County. It's the top elected position in the county. Um, it, it essentially... Um, it's the first among equals on the Board of Supervisors, um, which is the body that actually funds the school system, and uh, it, it determines the budget for, the, for everything in the county, whether it's schools, which is about um, half the county budget, um, whether it's libraries, parks, um, police, fire, um, health and human services. Uh, it's, it really oversees everything in the county. Mm. And, um, I will tell you, having been on the school board for the past eight years, um, it, it's been very frustrating to me that every year um, of my term we've had to sit there and figure out how we're going to cut the school system um, because our funding authorities haven't properly funded our school system. And so, you know, when we look at things like teacher compensation that we talked about, um, to just uh, things that affect student life, like whether it's parking fees or fees to take AP IB exams or student activities fees. You know, these are all the result of systemic underfunding of Fairfax County public schools. And that's not just on the uh, operational budget side, but also on the capital budget side. You know, we talk about school overcrowding. Um, that's because we haven't been maintaining our 25-year replacement cycle for, for schools. We're now at 37 years um, in terms of renovations. And so um, it's, it's a major problem. We aren't investing in our most important resource in, in Fairfax County, which is education. And of course, the job entails more than just education. Um, and that, but, but I think education is by far the more, most important thing in the county. And so um, on my platform, I do talk about um, bringing full, uh, f or, sorry, um, pre-kindergarten um, mm -hmm. to, to all students in Fairfax County. The reason that's an important issue is because so many of our kids get into kindergarten underprepared, um, and over the years we have to, um, we end up spending um, $7 for every $1 that could be spent on pre-ed, wow. pre-pre-K. Um, so um, just that that um, that savings alone is an argument for why we should uh, have universal pre-kindergarten. So uh, the one of the big things you just talked about was education and your time on the school board. Would you say that was probably your biggest motivation to make the jump from the school board uh, to running for uh, for chairman? Certainly, education was was my my biggest motivator, and you know I think. Um, Having spent eight, eight years in the trenches, I think think that has really shown me just how we 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 underfund so many so many parts of um, Fairfax County life. Uh, but at the same time, there there are other issues out there. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, when I talk to students, one of the things they're most um, concerned about is is the environment, right? Because that's going to affect um, all of us. Uh, and and the younger you go, the more more you will be affected. And, you know, there's just so much passion out there to do things like put solar panels on our schools and get more energy efficient bus fleets, things like that. Just there's very basic things that could really have um, a substantial impact on issues like climate change. And so I know that's another issue that, that students care about that I would be taking forward. Uh, but the, the other two planks in my platform are um, innovation and opportunity. So I think uh, we are in Fairfax County at, in an innovation, innovation center, and I don't think we're um, 
uh, really making using that to its full potential um, just in terms of all the things we can do um, when it comes to infrastructure whether it's uh, providing more um, places to charge electric vehicles to um, getting rid of all the parking lots and using that space for for parks and things like that mm -hmm. um, or whether it's um, on the opportunity side making sure that everyone um, in Fairfax County has has a job and that's going to become even more critical uh, as um, Amazon and other tech companies come to the area right there's going to be there are concerns about housing affordability about um, whether people can still live in, in Fairfax County and work work in Fairfax County. And so those are all issues that we're going to have to tackle in the coming years. So I got to say, all of these uh, sound like some really common sense changes uh, for Fairfax County. And one I can say uh, a lot of students, uh, especially those students listening, would agree. Uh, speaking for those students uh, who may be listening, who have maybe never voted or have never been through one of these elections, how do you vote? When can you vote? Where can you vote? So, you know, this is an interesting race. So I, I'm actually challenging, um, I'm, I'm actually the underdog in the race. Um, I'm challenging a, uh, someone who has been a, a supervisor um, yeah, for eight years in the lead district part of, of Fairfax County. Um, and so there's actually going to be a primary for the, for the Democratic nomination in June. Gotcha. Um, I don't have the exact date, but whoever wins that primary would then go on to the general election in the fall. One of the big things that you focus on is uh, the divide in the county. In your words, uh, the, uh, the creation of two Fairfaxes. Uh, what decisions do you feel have attributed to this growing gap? Well, so, you know, first of all, I, I live in McLean, like, like um, all of you, mm -hmm. and um, we, we are lucky to live um, in this part of the county where there is just so much um, in innovation and there's, there's um, a lot of resources to put into to all, all aspects of, of community life here. But um, when you go to other parts of the county, whether it's just down the road in Falls Church or um, in Herndon or even in um, uh, the Mount Vernon area of the county, there is, there is such a stark divide um, in, just in terms of um, accessibility to the same kind of opportunities that we have in, in McLean. And so, um, you, know, you know, that ranges um, from uh, education opportunities to um, enrichment opportunities, all sorts of things. And so what I want to see is that everyone in Fairfax County can have that McLean uh, style of, of life and can really have access to all those, those same resources that we have. Well, I don't know if I have the power to speak on behalf of the, the Highlander News Magazine as a whole, uh, but I do have the power to speak on behalf of the Highlander News Podcast, and I have to say you've been such a, a voice of change for the county, and you've done so much for so many students. Uh, I have to say it's my honor here to endorse you, uh, endorse your candidacy for chairman, uh, and, and I can tell you one thing. You have my vote in uh, June, and then in November, would it be? Yeah, yes. And true. then in November as well. And so, what, what I, I, Nick, that's very much appreciated. And I would tell everyone who is 17 now um, to go ahead and get registered if you will be 18 by election day, because you will be able to vote, even if you're 17, in that June primary. So um, please get out, get registered, and um, you're welcome to visit my campaign at www.mcalveenforchairman.com.
Perfect. Well, we wish you the best of luck in uh, your in your election, and you're more than welcome to come back on the show whenever you'd like if there's some big news in FCPS to talk about. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you, Nick. You're great. That's going to do it for us here at the Highlander News Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.